This podcast is a part of the Asian Studies, a youth-led organization which aims to support and help Asian students around the world with academics, career, and school life. Welcome to the first episode of the Asian Studies. My name is Felice and I am joined by my friend. In this episode, we will be talking about the importance of cultures and how much cultures shape who, who we are, not only as an individual, but also to those who surround us in our daily lives. Whether you're from multiple cultures or just one culture, we want to show that culture is a huge part of us that symbolizes who we are and where we come from. All of the anchors in this episode come from all different cultures. From So I will be speaking first. Um, so I'm Vietnamese and at home and just kind of in general, I speak two languages. I speak Vietnamese and I speak English. At home, I speak English with my sister and also my parents to kind of practice their English skills. And for my sister, uh, she she also learns Vietnamese and English at home. So in order to balance out our languages, what happens is that I learned Vietnamese since I was really young from my parents. And I joined an international school back in Vietnam ever since I was three. And that's kind of how I balanced out the two languages. Um, sometimes when people ask, when people like kind of hear my voice, they kind of ask, like, are you fully Vietnamese? And and I would be like, yeah. And they'd be like, oh, because like your Vietnamese sounds kind of off. You sound like a foreigner who just came to Vietnam, even though I lived in Vietnam most of my life. So that's that's kind of a reason why like I kind of I kind of don't speak as much Vietnamese as I intend to, even though my first language is Vietnamese. So. I get it. Um, I'm Chinese and my first language is actually Hokkien. So it's like a, it's not a whole language. It's like only a region of China um, knows that language. Um, and I speak it because that's the language that, that my parents have been speaking to me since I was a baby. So that's the first language I know. But I've only spoken it with my parents and my grandparents and my siblings. So like, I'm not most familiar with that language i'm most familiar with english but it's not my first language either so it's like it's just confusing like when i speak that language with someone who's really familiar with it people would just say to me like oh um i guess you're like just a beginner or you're not really that good but actually it's like the language that i've spoken like my whole life right yeah i kind of get that feeling sometimes Cause like whenever whenever I try to say a Vietnamese word, I just can't figure out like what word it is until like five minutes later. So I kind of just said, "Oh, this, 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 and this," and I just throw in an English word because like I didn't, I don't know what the Vietnamese translation would be. Or like sometimes I mix up the dialects. Like I can like I I don't really help. I can't really help it because I grew up like around different kinds of like relatives in different like areas right so like and like my mom and dad are from different areas so like I learned two three different dialects like and people laugh at it like at one point I'll be speaking informally with the formal language and it'll sound it will sound kind of funny you know and I would just feel bad sometimes because I feel like I'm not doing enough 
for my culture or like I'm not speaking properly enough for my culture and it is it is a beautiful language you know my uh, Urdu is a very beautiful language it's a very poetic kind of language and I want to like speak nice and sometimes like I feel bad because like nobody's really helping me but just making fun of me for it you know what I mean yeah just like how people kind of make fun of my Vietnamese too it's okay um so um something that i also want to talk about as far as kind of culture go is the traditional clothing um and kind of like the art artistry in like in like the culture so as far as clothing so our national outfit is ao yai which is this this outfit and which i this top that is kind of long sleeves and it's made of silk and would have these buttons on the side and we usually traditionally the pants are silk as well but they're like white colored and it's usually worn in like special occasions like that or like moon or like moon festivals um i remember just when i was young like i'd make lanterns for school contests and i'd like always like wave the lanterns in my aoyai too and also the music so i enjoy listening to vietnamese music because it's really hyped up but at the same time it also has a kind of a calm vibe to it um which kind of ex- explains and reflects on who i am because sometimes i could be really hyped up or sometimes i can just be really calm and kind of cautious on what's going on and i think that kind of artistry kind of reflects on like my my personal um growth and kind of my personal flair to certain things um uh, in addition to the artistry right um i kind of also like food so i i really like just eating foods in general so so one of my favorite dishes is actually gom tam which is like this rice dish so like there's usually a plate and there's usually be rice and some marinated pork and i don't know what it's called in vietnamese and english but it's like like basically like a yellow cake ish which which with like minced pork in it and you also have like some dried up pork to go alongside and also it would be preferable for a sunny side egg and also some fish sauce on the side literally in vietnamese food like vietnamese cuisine if you do not have fish sauce it's you're just missing out um so uh usually there'd be fish sauce oh along with like pickled onions not not onions it's like pickled pickled carrots i think and you know all of these different components of the dish kind of explains who i am because i have many things going on in life but there's also multiple things that kind of make up on who i am So I think that dish somehow like represents who I am as a person. Kind of like your comfort food, right? Yeah, it's like my comfort food too. Yeah, I feel like I think um one common dish from Vietnam that's like you know a lot of people know about. Like I've seen in mukbangs all the time. Yes, I watch mukbangs. Leave me alone. And like they commonly eat. Is it pho? Is that pronounced correctly? And like. Yeah, it does seem like um, Vietnamese food consists of like very comforting dishes. So like, and they look, they always look good. I always see them and like everywhere, they always look good and like very comforting to eat. Yeah. 
yeah so that's that's your pronunciation is actually pretty good so like it's fuck yeah it's actually pretty good um so yeah it's like a noodle dish with like noodles pho noodles and then a broth that you kind of have to simmer overnight if you want to have a really good broth um the clearer the broth the better um you can also add some beef pork or chicken personally i like beef because tender beef is actually really good for pho and you can also add some bean sprouts some thai basil some chilies some hot sauce and scallions and onions to top it off because that's like usually how like i top it off now in my personal opinion i think pho is too over talked about and the rest of the vietnamese cuisine isn't like not it's not as widely talked about and i and in my personal opinion i think that there are some dishes that are better than pho so i highly recommend that if you're going to try a vietnamese dish i would recommend i would still recommend trying pho but i would highly also highly recommend mending trying all other kinds of dishes it is like totally common for like you know the western media to just focus on like one certain dish in each culture and like they can't even i don't even know where it came from like they would just be like for example in my country or whatever like indian food or in general it would just be butter chicken and naan bread like that's how they say it and it's just like you know there's much more like better aspects of like our cultural foods and much like even like better dishes than like what people know about in like the western media side where they only know about like a basic dish right so i think that should be like often like um known because we have so many like yummy dishes and like you know it can also be very helpful and healthful you know yeah so yeah so i honestly agree with that like that there because the thing that i kind of hate is that there would be people that are from the western world that would try and recreate these asian dishes and looking at some of their youtube videos i'm just there like you're not doing this correctly i don't know if you're trying to if you accidentally did this as a mistake or you just didn't bother trying to buy the real authentic ingredients but it's kind of annoying when i see those because it's like like or they like butcher the name or like recreate it or even like what do you call it like they judge the dish which is kind of microaggressive sometimes. Like that's a difficult part where they'd be like, oh, I don't really like the smell or I don't really like what it looks like or like, I don't like the taste. And it's just way better to be more respectful when trying like, especially Asian culture dish dishes because that's very common and popular, especially around like YouTube mukbangs and mukbangs and like um, food eating um, influencers. So... <laughs> Like, it should be more, like, there should be more respect around food. Like, people say, like, oh, food isn't politics. Well, sometimes it can be. You know, there should be, like, more respect put on our culture and more, um, you know, education on, like, our culture's foods and all that, all the history behind it, behind our spices, behind how we created it, right? I think that's very important and significant we should talk about. Yeah. Um, so the next thing that I think kind of relates to appropriation is I guess 
religion and the cultural values because um so in recent years uh i have seen many like religious like religious misappropriation so i'm a buddhist and uh some values we have is being respectful and our and the temples and pagodas um so one rule is to not sit on the statues or like those or like the designated areas in the temple and i have seen many people in the pagodas literally sitting on the statues even though you're not supposed to and i'm just there like why why are you doing this like like why are you doing this and i think in a way like being a buddhist kind of like make me who i am because i have those values of respect and also loyalty as well and i think those two qualities is what's going to make me succeed in life because even though i may not be the smartest person i may not be the most motivated person but uh, but i think being respectful and kind of loyal to your goals and the people surrounding you it can really help you become the person who you want to be so um yeah that's that's mainly about me um i'm going to pass it on to zara now hey guys um so i think i'm gonna start off that i'm my ethnicity is pakistani um i'm not indian i am pakistani it's just very like different it should be differentiated because even like though even though like we came from india um my i'm from indian descent like we still have like differentiated culture you know um like our food and language may be similar but there's also also a lot of significance based on like religion that we're influenced by you know like hinduism um islam and stuff like that so i'm gonna start off with how i grew up with like my language stance i grew up like first couple of years just learning urdu because my mom she she never like watch wa- she was not allowed to watch movies or bollywood songs and stuff so she'd play it during my days of growing and like literally the first like english sentence i've ever learned was can i go to the washroom teacher <laughs> like i would just be totally like not understanding english for like the first couple years of my school life and and i would just be like trying to learn different like ways to speak english and i would get often bullied for that and uh because at home my dad's like you you should you're supposed to be speaking urdu here and then outside i can speak english so it it was complicated for my little brain but i got through it and it, yeah there's also some there's still some difficulties you know mixing in different you know languages um but you know at least yeah, i'm i'm learning i've i learned two languages and like urdu is such a beautiful language to me like uh the poetry and like the way people speak so kindly and like i really love the way um our language is spoken and um another way to start off a big start is like parties and our traditional clothes our food and how that also like um connects back to our religion so for example our traditional clothes for a woman it's like very different um style so you know common like maxi skirts and like blouses and like long dresses that's kind of common in our culture but it's much more bejeweled 
and bedazzled to our culture's design and you know in a traditional way and we also use them in during like family get-togethers parties weddings is a big one like we have five ceremonies and for and it's all for the bride <laughs> like if that's like every brown girl's not every brown girl's dream but like it's such a huge like I have such a, a huge appreciation for how we celebrate because we have the most fun you know listening to music hanging out with your relatives playing games and lo- like you know doing our like Bollywood run around the house with our like dress long dress you know that kind of Bollywood dream so um and another thing to start is also like the music it's very um it's very like popular um it's very huge because it's all originally from India and like it I really grew up around it and it really influences my music tastes because you know one day I'll be listening to like a sad Bollywood song and then the next day I'm listening to like a rap so it's just like it can differentiate and it's fun you know like the uh, just the idea and the significance of like a different languages perspective in um lyrics and then like how we see in western pop world you know and and like with music it's like I just love the feeling of like listening to it and like having a different feeling like do you guys ever get that feeling where you're like you're listening to music and you just have a different kind of feeling so I love that and one also big thing we can talk about food uh let me tell one experience I've had with food I grew up not really liking the food that we had because it would be too much oil too much fat too much this 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 so and then when lockdown happened it would be every day uber eats like postmates like ordering food burgers fries and it was like three months straight I was just ordering and like you know bank was broken um but the sad part was that you know I was getting tired of that food I was getting tired of the pizza I was getting tired of the drinks and I then started learning how to cook my own dishes and it really changed because now my my comfort food used to be like burgers but now like my comfort food now is um rice and lentils which is such a simple dish in our culture and my favorite favorite dish of all time is this um like meat lentil stew called halim it's just one of my favorite foods and like um it has a very like childhood kind of significance to it you know growing up like my dad making it in the night and the next morning I have it for breakfast which is like super spicy and not a good idea to have in the morning but it's nice yes oh um so like that ordering food thing it's completely the opposite for me because like I didn't know ordering food was a thing during quarantine. So I just kind of like did like ate food at home. And um, because during quarantine, I moved from NorCal to SoCal. So um, once I got to SoCal, I finally learned what ordering food was because I, (laughs) because one of my friends, I I came to one of my friend's house and they said, oh, do you want to order food? I'm like, wait, you can order food? like like wait what and then um and then like that's kind of where my ordering food obsession starts yes both of our bank accounts 
are kind of not are, they're not good right now because because <laughs> like I I order a lot of food but sometimes I try to save money and not to order food so yeah. like I kind of I kind of get where you're coming from like yeah, honestly we learned about ordering food it was hell for my mom <laughs> like she was so tired of it we bought food every single day it was just um I think it was a sad time because all we were eating was junk food and then when I finally started learning how to cook more during lockdown I don't know it was just like something hit me and I just I only I could only my I could only enjoy like deeply in my heart like just my own culture's foods you know like biryani is a big one butter chicken and naan and those are big ones like I just love the feeling of you know coming home having that like hot plate of like our own culture's food and I think that's a big part of like um my life because I don't enjoy anything else beside my food or I don't I can only enjoy like making my own foods um it's still nice to try out different things but like you know your own culture's food will always be in your heart. You know what I'm saying? So, and a big part is also religion. Like I can only have halal food because I'm Muslim. And I think like, I love my religion so much because it, it teaches us a lot of things. And I think, but the issue that we have in our culture is that we often mix culture with religion. And it's like, sometimes it mixes in with our own values and beliefs because like, you know, in our culture, it would be like, women should stay home, women should cook, men are first. And then in religion, it's like, it goes both ways. Like you respect each other. And there's a whole like part in the Quran for women. And it's just like, it can be very, and I didn't even like, I didn't even educate myself on that until I was like old enough to realize that. And, and it's often mixed like it's often mixed for some of us. Like my my relatives would go, oh yeah, in our um in our religion it would be this, but it's wrong. Like there's not like a specific evidence saying that men should be first, men should run the house, men should da da da. Like it goes both ways. It goes by choice, you know. Um, and I think also that in um the social issues in our religion I like for all of us to like talk about this because that this is like very commonly known as, as Asian culture as a whole that you know we often because of like the conservative values that we grew up with in like Asian um, communities it really influences how our values are going up like with like for example colorism ableism racism because of like there's so much history like going and that can really like impact how we think from what we learned from older generations before and that's why like growing up when we're like you know growing up in a western world learning about and learning and learning the actual history and how why these you know parts are wrong and why these conservative values should be changed like you really like change yourself as a person, you know, like culture, you know, it can be a beautiful thing, but it's also there should some there should be some parts that should be changed, like the idea of being so white, or, you know, making fun of like dark skinned people or, you know, seeing them as like masculine or not beautiful. I think that's a difficult part that we still deal with today. And I like, and that's why, you know, growing up, I didn't really know that I was just taught those values, those conservative values. And I wasn't aware or educated about 
what it why why this was wrong and you know I'll give myself some slack because I was just a kid like listening to this stuff and not knowing what like how what it was or uh, knowing that it you know no back then knowing that it wasn't right I don't know what I was saying but just now growing up when you're learning and educating yourself you just look back and it's like damn like you know this stuff is wrong what I was doing and it's just I'm just glad that our newer generation could at least try to change or do better um, for next generations to come and it does shape who you are as a person because like um, you know learning those cultural values and then kind of how it impacts you and your today's life like your subconscious can tell you like this is how they'll think of this person but in the in your like conscious like main mind you're like this is wrong let's take action you know like in the back of your mind you're like you know that your relatives will think like this but in, in but in your like values and beliefs you're like let's take action this is not right right yeah so like um like that too and also I'm kind of glad that some kind of cultural assumption like women should be running the house like running just the house I'm glad that some of it in some way is kind of like gone because in a way that's kind of not true because women can also have to have jobs in order to be in order to afford like the living basic lifestyles for families yeah so I thought I think that there's some cultural values that we think like especially women like especially when we think like oh it doesn't suit or it doesn't fit like it it just okay so now that Zara has introduced her culture I think it's my turn now okay so um yeah okay so just for like background reference I am a Chinese I am Chinese that um, is born and has grown up and has been living in Indonesia um, for like the past 17 years. So like my whole life generally. Um, and you can, um, if you're also from Indonesia and you're listening to this, you could probably call me a Tindo. Like it's just a basic saying, like I am a Chinese Indonesian. So yeah, I'm a Tindo. Nice to meet y'all. Um, okay, I'll start with our attitude for like how the culture has shaped our attitude. So like, I feel like um, how the person, a person grows up is usually based on like what the person surrounds them with. So like the people that they surround with. So like, I feel like if, um, for example, me and someone else who is also a Jindo, a Chinese Indonesian, we would have like similar attitude, tra- uh, similar attitude traits, like how we act on things and how we think on things like it's not always the same but there's generally just that one thing that everyone has in common right i don't know what the one thing is but there is that one thing you know like the way we eat or like the way we like cultural connection yeah true yeah yeah that's it like um you just know something the same or like there's probably a stereotype sometimes like for jindos there's a way of how we go out like the way of clothing like how we wear like it's probably like a basic t-shirt shirt pants um designer bags or designer shoes i don't know why that's a stereotype but that just comes that just happens like there's a stereotype for jindo girls that 
that's always dressed up like that. It's not a bad thing though if you dress up like that. It's a nice thing. Okay, nothing bad. Yeah, no, yes. I, t-shirts and long pants are are the way to go. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, and like I feel like um, the, our similar uh, emotions and the way we look at things are also affected by our culture. Um, the next, um, I'm going to talk about the languages I speak. So like um, at home, I, as I was born, I, um, I've talked about this before, I speak Hokkien, so you can call it Futianhua. I'm sorry, my Chinese is not that good. Futianhua, so um, it's a dialect, and I've spoken it since I was a baby because that's a language my parents and my grandparents have been speaking to me since I was a baby. Um, and then as I grew up, my dad started speaking with me in English. So I slowly learned English. And when I got to school, I just got bombarded with completely two new languages. So I got taught Chinese and Indonesian now. So like it's completely like, wow, I gotta learn two new languages. So it's kind of hard. Like I remember my Indonesian being so bad that in class, I just stare at the teacher and have no idea what teacher is speaking. Because like my other classmates, um, when I was like a kid, are mostly um, they mostly learn Indonesian language um, at home. So like the teachers would speak Indonesian, like a general language, when um, to class, like a class discussion. And I would just be there, just watching and be like, "What is this teacher talking about?" Yeah. And- Sometimes I get that too, because like I used to have to do Vietnamese after school. And um, every time, like I, I just remember this one time, I, I mistakenly said, um, said my teacher as mom in Vietnamese, and it is something that I think I'll never forget. I just, I just legit went up to her and said, "Hey, mom, can you check my work? Because I'm too used. I'm like, because <laughs> I come too used. Um, of like my mom checking my work. So I'd be like." Oh, can, I, can you check? What, and she's like, what? <laughs> That's really me. Like when I first learned English, I was like, the only English word I knew was like, can I go to the washroom? And then they would, and then I wouldn't even want to go to the washroom. I would just ask and then just stay in class because that's the only English word I knew. <laughs> Oh my God. For me, for me, thankfully, the teachers know English, so you can just immediately talk to them in English and be like, um, "Oh, Miss, um, I have no idea what on earth you're talking about." Yeah, I get that too, because. Because, like, um, thankfully for my Vietnamese teachers, they knew what I was talking about at the time too even though like I mix up some stuff some things like the mom situation like they knew what I was talking about like they knew they knew like I was trying to express them so yeah. so thankfully you know I got I got a pass out of it because or, or else it would have ended really badly so yeah that's that's true and also um that's it for my Indo like I'm not that good but for my English I think it's it's my it's my best language even though compared to others I'm not that good I don't know how that makes sense. It's my best language. I speak it all the time, but it's not the best if I compare it to like other people who also speak English. Like it's kind of bad. It's like, I don't know what my best language is. And for Chinese, I'm. this is the thing that's, it's kind of a stereotype also as a Chinese Indonesian. 
that when we learn Chinese in school, people are too lazy to learn Chinese, even though most of them are Chinese, that being good at Chinese in school is so easy. I do not know how that comes. Like, you just need to learn, like literally um, study Chinese like you learn any other language and you'll get a, you'll get a good score because not everyone else is not studying it. Yeah, um, yeah, that's, that does not happen to me, sadly. Um, I, I actually used to learn Chinese at school. The, it was like this year that I started to quit it because I just didn't have time in my schedule. And also like, I didn't feel like it was gonna benefit me that much because, you know, I just don't think it's, it's useful at this point because I learned it for five years. I've learned it for five years. And the only words I actually remember like really, really well is Lao Shi, which is teacher. And Niha, which is hello. And the rest, I just kind of eh, but like I mostly forgot like everything. So I don't know how you do it. You, you're just gonna have to teach me. No, for me, it's like um, this. our classmates are not that competitive in Chinese. I'm the only one that's competitive. So uh, luckily I got like the highest scores all the time. So like teachers would give us like um, worksheets or stuff that I already know because I learned Chinese. Like I try to, um, yeah. And everyone else is not that competitive. So I just keep on learning it and just keep on getting the best in this course because nobody else is, which is a bad thing. So I feel like if any of you are listening, you should learn your own language, okay? Don't be lazy just because you already know English and Indonesian. Just saying. <laughs> okay, and next, um, I'm going to talk about these dudes. So, um, in Indonesia, there's a lot of Chinese to the point that we already have the word chindo. Um, so it means like the food around here, like we have a pretty varied rest. We have a lot of varied restaurants here. So like there's a lot of Chinese restaurants, Indonesian re restaurants, and like sometimes Western restaurants too. Um, so for me, as I grow up, I basically eat what my grandma cooks. And what my grandma cooks is that um, mostly Indonesian food because she also grew up in Indonesia. So Indonesian food and sometimes a mix of Chinese food. Uh, but as COVID started, um, at the first year, it was still like um, the same food, but like um, some bad things happened. So now mostly, at first my mom was trying to adjust to like cooking everything. So like we ordered out a lot also, <laughs> like every night we would like order, but um, we tried our best to not order like fast food all the time. So like, it, it would mix from like um, Japanese food to Chinese food to Korean food <laughs> and to Indonesian food sometimes. And like me and my sister would beg my mom to get McDonald's. It's like, it's a mix of everything. And now I think um, McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, McDonald's is just like thing for everyone. So like, um, but now like my mom has adjusted to cooking, and like also me and my sister can help around now. So mostly it's like home food, and, like homemade food. But like, um, yeah, it's just a mess sometimes. Like sometimes we're too lazy to cook. Sometimes we cook. It's just based on the mood. But yeah, that's probably it. Um, and for like the cultural quotes. So like Indonesia, one of our cultural quotes, like the general one, the most general one, because like we have a lot of like um, cities and cultures like in Indonesia in general. So the most basic one is called Batik. 
So it's like um, a clothing with patterns. Um, like there's no like specific pattern. There's like so many patterns that you call it batik. And like there's also like different clothing type of wear. So um, batik is, it can be very casual and also like very formal. So you can go to weddings and just wear that. Cause like usually weddings you have to like formal wear, right? But like if you wear a batik, you can have it as a formal wear, but also you can just wear it at home sometimes, or you can just go out um, to like the mall and wear a batik. It's like a very varied clothing, that I guess is so what I can say. In my culture too, like for our like traditional clothing, um, it depends on the pattern so like you know if it's like a regular like floral printed thing right um shalwar kameez that's what we call it then like it would just be worn at home or during like small gatherings or whatever but if it's like big ceremonies like weddings and all that it's bejeweled bedazzled all like printed in different designs so like it's yeah our clothing is so versatile that's like pretty cool. yeah it depends like, right but like um in indonesia that's like the basic as in like if i say in chinese the basic language is chinese but there's a lot of dialects right so but think it's like the basic like the number one and there's a lot of different types like it, it doesn't come from batik, but it's like um javanese people have their own like dialect and also their own food and also their own clothes so it's just a, a lot <laughs> for me um to learn um, because when I was young, I remember my mom teaching me like, okay, so what does Bali, uh, what do, what did Bali, I'm sorry, what um, do Bali people eat? Like their traditional food, I have to memorize it. And also their houses and also their clothes and also their language. So, and also their dance. So like, it's just a lot, but it's, it's kind of nice because like, it's very varied in a way. Like there's a variety of different things. And for the next, for music, um, I feel like I'm kind of like, since I was young, I'm very much influenced by my grandparents listening to Chinese music. So I, most of the Chinese songs I've memorized uh, because they sang it a lot. Like um, probably like there's like one song that my grandma sung all the time. Like probably that's, I've, I memorized it in the past, but now not anymore, but I really like, know a lot because of my grandparents and also in school sometimes for like um during chinese junior we had to like do some performances and we had to perform either chinese dances or some chinese songs and it depends though but yeah but now i'm mostly influenced to western music which is kind of sad i kind of want to go back to the past with my grandparents like sang all these Chinese songs and I would just memorize those songs only yeah now I'm just mostly to western music or like sometimes Korean music so it's like like varies to like my taste of music like what I like listening it's like me as well because like it like the type of music I hear depends on my mood so like if I'm like really happy I would just listen to rap music or like k-pop or like just some hype music could be in could be I mean Vietnamese music can go both ways like if I'm happy then I can listen to pop or I can just listen to like depressing Vietnamese songs or if I'm depressed I just listen to slow like kind of tuny tuny-ish like 
because mostly I listen to everything. So like, I don't have a defined like genre, but I do have to admit that I listen to Western music more than I do to Asian music. But yeah, that's just my point of view. That's kind of like the opposite for me. Like, it just really depends on like what I'm feeling in, in the moment. Like I have playlists for like how I feel. If I'm feeling sad, I can, I can go to Bollywood slow songs or if I'm feeling hype, I can go to Western music or K-pop or any, you know, language of music that I like. And like, I don't really like stray away from the music that we have because Bollywood is such a huge thing, especially coming from like India, which is a very large country. So like, you know, the music is so versatile to listen to and like, I would listen to it like it's a normal thing. Like I'll be on the bus pretending I'm the main character listening to like a Bollywood song. It's still common for me and like for other people to listen to that music just as like a normal thing. Yeah, that's right. It's like, it depends on every person like um, Tracy and Zara. Like um, if you look at music, like, I don't know, like for me, as you know, as I said before, it's like, I depend right now I depend mostly on Western music or like um, Korean music like it's kind of sad that I don't really depend on Chinese music anymore I listen to it only during family gatherings or like when I'm just really really want to listen to something Chinese so that's probably it We hope, thank you so much, Phyllis. We hope that by sharing our experiences and knowledge about our cultures, we can inspire you to not only know and discover more of your own culture, but also inspiring others to discover their own cultures and to discover what their culture means to them. We hope that you like this episode and tune into our next episode released in two weeks. Signing off, Love, love Asians. Asians.